Hi, this is Roy Thomas. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 32, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 176 and All-Star Comics number 70 from October 1977. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings for this issue, or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. Joining me, I guess, are my friends. I hope so for the last 31 one episodes man can you guys believe it's been 32 i don't know if i told you guys that you know it's true 32 baby we're not the same ring as dirty 30 i was trying to be like jason it's okay you know we try (laughs) we miss them already yeah don't give it away yet okay (laughs) sorry jared (laughs) all right well here we go we have with us Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. What's up, you guys? I just want to let you guys out there know that I am starting a new cause. I believe in this cause. I want you to join my cause. Okay, it's time for some change. It's time to move forward. Hang on. My left arm going numb. Uh-oh. Chest pains. Uh-oh. Do the show without me. What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think he's having a heart attack. Uh-uh. We got it. I'll break down. I'll break down. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Officer, could you help us? No, no not you. Uh, uh, no, wait. Put, put the that gun, gun away. <laughs> put that gun away. <laughs> She's an old lady. <clears throat> anyway, that bit is over. Nice to be here. I'm glad you made it out. You're back alive like that. Boy. Yeah, it was just gas. Yeah. There's some Tums on the shelf over there. Let me grab these. Gas back here. Pat. Yes. What, this doesn't look like Tums. <laughs> what are you smuggling in this pill bottle? Well, you know, I'm an imported export. <laughs> you know, never mind. Let's just see what Delvin's doing. I try to see what I can take along with me in different ways. That's oh. how it works. Are these ecstasy tablets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm neither going to confirm or deny, Jared. Oh, I need to know because I just took four of them. We will Ooh. talk about it later on. We'll see how you feel later on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too bad we're not doing an X-Men comic. Otherwise. <laughs> oh. oh. But. Anyway, let's go ahead and find out who else is here with me. And I believe the voice you're hearing behind that smooth sound is Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Hey, guys. I have many nicknames. I know that. Delvin, there's the Dark Web. There's Papa Piss, Silver Hands, mm-hmm. uh, Field Slider, you know, all those. But I'm also known to some people as Green Goblin. Oh. But also Bart Hamilton. But also Harry Osborne. <laughs> oh. And I know. It's complex. I cannot keep up. I cannot either. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't either, but I think we're going to figure it out. I hope so. <laughs> I want to know who you really are. I know. Watch out for the hitman. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah, the hitman. Watch out. <laughs> He's th- 
Tegron and this guy. Me. I would quit spying. I swear I would. <laughs> Never. Let's tell you who's not here with us this week, this episode. I miss you like crazy. I miss you like crazy. We are missing Jason the Weasel Skull. The Weasel would rock. Feels like yesterday that we used to rock the show. Pat would lace the track. Jason would lock the flow. That's mm-hmm. true. Yes. I just wrote that. I know, dude. It was, it was lyrical. Thank you. Yeah. You're a lyrical genius. One might call you a puff daddy. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> you can't see me, but my tongue's out. <laughs> <laughs> The show must go on. But speaking about the show going on, right now there is not going to be a Pat's pull list because what the heck, man? I only got these two. No, I only got these two. Pat's bullshit. Pat's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's nineteen seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. I was getting them off the spinner rack the best I could with them. I didn't have much money as a kid, you know. I'm four years old at the time. It's a hard life. I mean, at least tell me that we're gonna get Mike Esposito as the mm-hmm. angler. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. well, we'll, we'll find yes. out, Delvin. We'll find out. <laughs> you know, to see a grown man throw a tantrum. That's what you're gonna <laughs> you want to see that? I mean, I don't want to do it, but I will do it. I believe him. I actually want to see that. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. It wouldn't last long. I don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> that's all right. Pet's poll list is a little light this episode, but that's all right. We are definitely getting into where we're going to have a lot more comics coming on. So stay with us on that. I heard you in the intro say we're getting some all-star comics. So we're mixing it up this time. You got an issue of all-star. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. little different all-star. Mm-hmm. Good times. We're going to get our show on and get paid. <laughs> I, now. I thought it. And then I didn't say it. Before we get started, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break. And we will be right back. John Jones of Mars. Ken Matsui of Gorgar. Ronnie Raymond of Earth. Al Pratt of Earth. Ginny Lindney. Arthur Curry. Carter Hall. Kendra Son. Ted Gord, Marani Desai, Paco Ramon, Hank Haywood, David Knight, Erwin Bowen, Wesley Dodds, Charles McNighter, Terry Sloan, Tara Markov. Ten years ago, a crashing wave of light erupted across the DC Universe. A multicolored spectrum of energy bathed the cosmos in a war of light. Rage clashed against passion. Hope sought to stifle fear. Greed to choke out compassion. And in the middle of it all, the will to keep going and fight for all. 
Now this war has come to the surface of our planet because while the light fights, the darkness rises. Hero, villain, friend, foe, family. Across the universe, the dead have risen, and it's going to take every available podcaster to fight back. In 2016, we covered the dawn of the Justice League with Justice League Year One. In 2017, we soaked in the seminal justice. Last year, we threw it back to the Silver Age. But this year's JLMA podcast event covers an event that knows not the boundaries of death itself. JLMA covers Blackest Night in celebration of the event's 10-year anniversary. Our coverage begins on April 30th with the podcast of Oa and proceeds through the entire month of May with Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, The Idol Head of Diablo, The Fire and Water Podcast, Head Speaks, Coffee and Comics Podcast, Longbox Crusade, Waiting for Doom, Task Force X, The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, The Dr. DC Podcast, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, and Ends with the Lantern Cast. So join us this May, because across the DC Universe, the dead have risen. Where will you be? Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. And that's Amazing Spider-Man number 176. The credits for this is provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of January 1978, but it was on sale on October 11th, 1977 for only a price of 35 cents. Editor is Len Wein, writer also Len Wein. We continue to have that one-two punch. <laughs> Penciler, Ross Andrew. Anchor is Tony Dizaniga. Uh, I'm over being mad now. Dizaniga. <laughs> These are nuts. <laughs> I, I don't got nothing there, Joel. Sorry. He, he, I, I looked. He inked a couple of issues ago. I thought we had him before. He is not new to the uh, Amazing Spidey Rodeo. No, I wonder how many more not, he does. Though? I know who he's not. He is not. <laughs> yeah. Mike! We miss Mike. We do. Mm-hmm. Hope he comes back. I hope so. Or we get him on some other comic. We never know. We'll see. Letterer is Joseph Rosen. And we still have our coloring bad colorist, Glennis Ween. This was reprinted in Spider-Man Family number one. Also, you can find it in Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback, or you can find it in the Spider-Man A New Goblin trade paperback as well. Hmm. It seems like there might be a clue there. (laughs) There might be. (laughs) Otherwise, if you're in digital, you can go ahead and follow along with us on the Marvel Unlimited app. Got to cover credits. Go to Penciler Ross Andrew, Inker Frank Giacoa. Let's go ahead and get some quick cover description from Jared. That's me. <laughs> you. All right. Well, that vintage Marvel Comics group banner is white letters and a black 
background. And the standing corner box Spidey is still chilling up there in his blue box this time. The Amazing Spider-Man logo dangles from the webs, red with blue highlights. The main action is a villain's eye view of Spider-Man, cradling the unconscious body of Flash Thompson. The villain's shadow, which is either that of the Green Goblin or perhaps the ghost from the Ghostbusters emblem, looms over Spider-Man and Flash as Spidey shouts, You, what have you done to Flash Thompson? A text box at the bottom responds to that question with, Nothing, Web Slinger, compared to what the deadliest super foe of all is about to do with you. And now we're going to have a musical interlude. When I'm saving Flash, I do it with great care. Because I might turn around and find someone standing there. People say I'm crazy. Or just a little too tense. Maybe I should just listen to my spider sense. Whoa. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Can I get no privacy? Whoa, whoa. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Good job, Pat. I guess I lost Delvin, but I'll take Pat. It's an episode of different stuff, so... <laughs> Pat should take the sound effects, particularly because, man, I give you credit for knowing the lyrics. That's Rockwell. I, yeah, I only knew Michael Jackson did the chorus. <laughs> That's it. That's all anyone knows. And the only reason I added that is as I was writing the cover right up, you know, I sit there and I stare at the cover and it's obviously the villain is watching him. Mm -hmm. And I started humming it while I was typing it. So I got in the mood. Very cool. I like that one. You could have gone with private eyes watching you. See, Delvin and I saw Hall and Oates in concert together. That is true. What was weird is they were the top bill, and we saw the warm-up back. They played, and as we're getting ready to leave, Night Ranger came out and played. But shut up! You know the rest. We're like, what? What's your prize Bastards. Everybody, all a lot of the other people had already left the concert, so they were like, Jared, Delvin, come on up on stage. You know my weakness. And that's how Jared earned the name Death Pro. We are stupid without Jason. Someone's got to be. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts. We're going to start with Delvin. I thought it's a good cover. The thing I think that's weird to me is it's Green Goblin. Why would you undersell that? Like mm. the greatest foe of all. It's Green Goblin. That sells itself. It's Spidey. Green Goblin. Even 40 years ago. Don't blow that. Don't blow it. Right? They, were going, they were going for that mystery cover vibe. Yeah. <laughs> on that. Yeah, that's all I say. It, and tell me that thing doesn't look like the Ghostbusters. Yeah, the ghost it's like a really like, hey, kind of little chubby around the edges. There. <laughs> <laughs> Been hitting up some uh, Dunkin' Donuts or uh, the Green be... Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But let's see, other than that, I do like the Spidey pose. Spidey looks good. Ross Andrew kicked butt on that drawing of it. But there's just not a ton going on on the cover. What do you got, Pat? You know, I agree with you, too. This isn't really one of the most impressive covers as well. Again, the colors are awesome on it. However, it's just not a lot really going on with it. Jared, your thoughts? Yeah, it's a mystery cover. It's well drawn. Kind of cool to see Flash Thompson. Doesn't get a lot of limelight. Aside from that, I think you guys covered it. Well, let me ask you. Do you think, looking at what Flash is wearing, he's kind 
kind of got the green and the, do you think that's coincidence or that just use that as a, I don't know. I can tell you that artists oftentimes use what's called a color wheel, pick which colors play off of the other ones nicely. Basically you have all these colors go around the wheel and the one that will accentuate the other colors on the opposite side of the wheel and the opposite side of red is green. So it does make him pop when he's sitting next to Spider-Man. So that might be the reason why. I just flipped uh, in the book. He's wearing a green top in the book as well. I want to sound cool. I want to talk about color wheels for a minute. Sound cool. Yeah, I didn't know about a color wheel. So try to be cool. I'm sorry, guys. Look at you you with your artsy talk like that. You you were so artsy. You were not. You were not a doofus. You were cool. You're fine. (laughs) With that, since Jason's not here, I think we better do some reminders, just in case he's listening. (laughs) This case is listening. He's like, how does this scale work? (laughs) Yeah. Jason's like, you know, you guys are telling me the description, but I want to know how you rate it. Right. He needs to know. He needs yeah, to know. he needs to know mm-hmm. because it's like 32 episodes in. And True Blue 32, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings. Just as a reminder, this is just for Jason, everybody. So sit back, relax. You guys probably already know this already. But for Jason, I'm going to remind you, this is a one through five rating. We'll start with five is it tickled your summary feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, mm. you just liked it. Mm. Two, you didn't like it. Mm. One, you hated it. It mm. ruffled your tummy feathers. Mm. Uh, mm. Mm. Let's see. With those grunts, let's find out what it did for Jared. I tell you what, if Joe November was here, he'd probably give it three, five. He's not. Man, I like that pose, but three. I'm going to go three. What do you got, Delvin? I also have a three. Pat. I'm going to give it a three as well, too. I can see where you're kind of hemming and hawing. Did you say a three, five? No, he said if musical genius Joe November were here, yeah, he might rate it a three five. Three, five. Oh, okay. So we all gave it threes. Well, yeah. gonna give it a three. <laughs> we have achieved threes company. <laughs> I like the fat version better than the regular version. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I'm doing it, I'm giving my Mr. Roper eyes. <laughs> The Don Knotts eyes. The Don Knotts I can see him. I can see him. <laughs> well, you got to find that and watch that. Three's Company. Oh, I love that. Someday on Saturday, Matinee Theater. <laughs> we'll get to Three's Company. Oh, nice. Welcome to episode 864. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Let's go ahead and get to the synopsis provided by Delvin. True Blue 32, y'all. Papa this. All right, let's do it. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this book is He Who Laughs Last. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, you left first. I, know, I, I ruined the whole <laughs> See? You left first. <laughs> oh, I won. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I started this crusade with Pat at Amazing Spider-Man 150. 
Since then, the Rogues Gallery of Spideys have been weaker than lukewarm tap water watching the Virginia Basketball Cavaliers run yet another boring half-court set. Dr. Faustus? Will the Wisp? I mean, there was Dr. Octopus, but trash can. <laughs> trash can. But this book has the green freaking goblin. That's actually his whole name. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> the book begins with Spider-Man dropping off Jonah after they both watched out for the hitman. Jonah, who is grateful to Spidey for saving him, reverts back to his old ways. Spidey gets some long-standing revenge by spinning JJJ around in a chair super fast, like I would spin Dame Shirley Bassey if I took her out on a super classy date, of which I'd have her home at a respectable time after a night of dinner and light dancing. Classy. You'd probably call her the next day, too. I would. I would call her the next day. Spidey gets some good news. His arm feels better. But then Aunt May has a light heart attack. Peter smacks the living bejesus out of a cop. <laughs> May goes to a hospital and Mary Jane acts like the Mary Jane we all know and love. All super awesome and stuff. It's like Pat getting to see Night Ranger perform right on his front lawn with him in the front row. Pete goes to check on Harry, who's been going through it. He goes to creepy old Barton Hamilton's office to find there was a skirmish. Pete is worried it's Harry who snapped and goes racing towards Harry's apartment like Jason would race a Cobra Sky Striker against a G.I. Joe plane that I don't know the name of. I don't follow G.I. Joe. Sue me. (laughs) He called it a Cobra Sky Striker. (laughs) He doesn't know G.I. Joe. (laughs) What is it called? It's the G.I. Joe Sky Striker. The Cobra that's called the Night Raven. It, it proves the point so well. Though. I got to know. I know you probably got more script, but I got to know. Did the Night Ranger thing, was it already in the script? <laughs> it, it was. It actually was. I was writing it before we even got on. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm sorry. Proceed. <laughs> the last scene is at the apartment of Flash and Harry, which Flash comes to find is trashed. Then he finds the Green Goblin. Then he finds himself unconscious. Then Spidey comes in, and while there is a great back and forth, Spidey gets the better of it until Green Freaking Goblin tosses Flash out the window with Spidey helpless to do anything. Like Jared would be if Storm, Monica Rambeau, and Misty Knight were real, kidnapped him, tied him up. (coughs) By the way, the bit was things that we've wanted for a very long time. Green Goblin, yes! Back to you, Pat. Night Ranger, yes! Someday, someday, I will see them. Jared, are you with us? Are you you with us? No, I'm not. (laughs) We lost them. Oh, no, there goes my clothes. Oh, no. no. (laughs) Misty Knight, help me find him. Where did the honey come from? Oh, no. (laughs) I fell over again. I'm just daydreaming right now. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for those good, good memories, Delvin. Absolutely. (laughs) With that, let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack for this issue. Let's see if it's a first read or a reread. I'm going to start with me. It's a first read for me, Pat. Delvin? It's also a first read for me, Pat. Jared. First read. Butterfly in the sky. I got my twice as high. Take a look. 
<laughs> we did it. Oh my God. People have to hear that. Like these guys are <laughs> these guys are very special. <sighs> but it's so awesome when we meet that rainbow status. I love it. It is fun. It's awesome. Let's get into some highs and lows for this issue. We're going to start with Jared. Hi, low, or what the? I'm going to go with a high within the very first couple pages of continuity. They remember to keep J. Jonah Jameson's tie broken. That's pretty good. That is. I would have forgot. Me too. Good job, writers, editors. So I'm going to keep it simple and give that a high and pass it to Delvin. I got a lot of good things to say about this book. So as a high, I mean, this is what you think of when you think of Spider-Man, because this dude had some problems in this book. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the Jonah thing being a menace. And then he went, you know, to go see his aunt. And then she had a dang heart attack. And then he (laughs) sends the cop into orbit. (laughs) He should be in freaking jail. And then the hospital and then Green Goblin on top of it and Flash being knocked out. This is what I think of when I think of Spider-Man. Like, I mean, the world is crashing in on this dude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Geeking out over here, boys. Geeking out. Pat, what do you got? It's going to be a high as well, too, because I think all things were going great for this issue. Yes. The cover, eh, you know, but I think once you get inside into this story... It's like, yes, we are finally here to something going on. And it's not only with the Goblin story, but you also have some more stuff going on with Aunt May. I totally forgot that she was like, you know, rebel without a cause. Mm-hmm. That going on. And then, you know, of course she gets, oh, <laughs> but, but still, you still feel for her. And you got Peter, you know, he's like, oh man, my arm, it hurts. And he's getting filled better. And you get MJ, just a lot going on there. You see Flash. It's just all in all a really good put together story. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the story this time. Let's go ahead and give it into the next round with Jared. You got another high, low, or what the? Sure. If you're gonna give it the story, I'm gonna give it to the overall art. I gave oh, yeah. props on continuity on my first round. Second round, Ross Andrew is firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I will direct your attention to content page 14. It is when Spider-Man and Green Goblin begin their battle in earnest. And there's the very bottom page there. And it's got Green Goblin flying from left to right on his glider. Spidey is jumping from basically top right towards bottom left to catch him. And that Green Goblin drawing is freaking spectacular. A lot of times as an artist, you're always looking at covers and going, oh, I really like that pose. I want to do a recreation of that. Very rarely do you look inside a book at a panel and go, I'd like to recreate that. And I saw that picture of Goblin on the glider. I'm like, I might like to give that drawing a shot because that is just a really great drawing. And that's just a microcosm of the whole thing. Everything looks incredible. So tip of the cap to you there, Ross. And who's the anchor on this one? Zuniga. Yeah. Tip of the cap to the both of you is you made a good looking book. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jared, are you talking about the one where uh, Spidey's jumping towards him while Green Goblin's on the glider? Yeah. He's like, no. no. Yeah. That's yeah. a great. Yeah. That's a Isn't that drawing of Goblin just incredibly good? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and with Spidey jumping at him, that is a super dynamic caption. That would be a splash page now. Like, mm-hmm. particularly in the 90s, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been a splash page. And instead, you got a fantastic piece of art just on a third of one page. What if this, I'm going to blow you guys' minds. What if this was one of those rarely done horizontal covers and that was the cover? Mm-hmm. See, that, mm-hmm. that was, that was yeah. a sell to me. That's a sell and a five cover to mm-hmm. me. Could be cool. Yeah. Anyway, I like the goblin on his glider there. When you get him on that, 
That's really cool. Goblin on the glider. Tried to catch mm-hmm. a spider. Yep. I'll take the high, the next one for the high low or what the, and Jared already sort of talked about it just with the artwork. I want to talk about that fight. Yes. The yeah. fight itself was masterful. Yes. Because they kept hinting, Flash did it, and Pete, they want you to think that that's Harry, and I don't think it is. I already think it's Bart Hamilton, and I thought it last issue. Mm-hmm. But they kept thinking that it was Harry, who had basically relapsed to the Goblin, and so Spider-Man was kind of, he didn't want to let him out of his sight because he wanted to help his friend, and he was treating him with kid gloves, and then finally he's like, fine, I'm going to let loose on you, and he freaking ping-ponged him. That was awesome. <laughs> like, oh my God. What a fight. And Goblin, whoever he is, did exactly what he should do. Like, uh-uh, I don't want any of this. Because he didn't want the fight anyway. He wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And so you get the feeling that, you know, Spidey's going to say Flash, right? But still, to create that diversion of throwing Flash out the window, oh, that was a fight. That was a great, great fight. Love Flash. He, he tagged him with that webbing on the chest and just started treating him like a dang paddle ball. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, if Flash Gordon has some webs. He might do that. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, this was a really, really good drawn out fight. I love this, how it was done. It's everything I've been looking forward to. Yeah, this is the start of the storyline, but man, night and day improvement over remember we were happy mm-hmm. that dr octopus was coming and in that first storyline like "Ooh, i'm hammerhead i'm a ghost uh i still get yeah. chills <laughs> what the hell what the, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this <laughs> exact opposite exact opposite this was a great freaking fight loved it definitely pat do we hear from you for a second round I really don't have a low besides the only low I would say is I want more. I want to read the next issue to see what's going on now. Oh, yeah. For Chronicles 33, we're going to do exactly that. Oh, I hope so. Yes. It should be there, but I can't wait. You know, I can't wait till the next time we record to read it. I have one. I have another high to mention. Man, it's good to see actual Mary Jane. Yes. She was awesome in the book. We know Mary Jane is a fully formed character now that's what, 50 plus years old. And so this is kind of like a part of it. And so give Lynn credit for carrying on what Stanley and Ditko created. What did Mary Jane go through in this book? She does not like hospitals. She does not like being around a sad scene at all. Mm -hmm. She swallowed that just to go and comfort Peter. That alone, in those few panels that, you know, she was in the book, she played a huge role. And she's always loved Aunt May. And so she was doting on Aunt May and taking care of her. Great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, you get a good character moment for her. You have a good character moment for Jonah. Yep. You know, maybe you're a good guy, maybe you're not, whatever, but... He just can't give Spidey credit. He has to work it in his mind that Spider-Man is just up to no good. Even though Spider-Man risked his life to save him, still wasn't enough. And I like how they explain, you know, him getting enough rest so he can kind of get on the mend. Yeah. It makes sense because, man, if you're going to go up against the Goblin, you better be on your ready to go. Yeah, he he has other problems to worry about now (laughs) that need to hurt arm anymore. They don't need to sell that injury. He's got a fight on his hands right now. Yeah, This book, again, I'm going to go back. It was a page turner. I was like, I'm invested in this. I want to keep reading on to this thing. And then, boy, once you've seen the Goblin and oh, I'm so excited. 
<laughs> Me too, Pat. I share your sentiment. Does anybody else have anything you want to mention? We good, sir. We good. I think so too. So awesome. Let's go ahead and find out then what our silly Spidey moment is for this issue. And we will start with Delvin. I'm going to pick, it was kind of funny that Aunt May. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I was going to pick too. Flip it back through it. Yeah, that's where I was going to land. <laughs> okay, I, I get that you're getting your Norma Ray on. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she started assaulting that cop. That's not legal. <laughs> She's wailing on him with that sign. <laughs> that cop had a right to do a lot of bad things, though, lady. It, it, yeah. In the post, she's like coming down with it with like a hammer with that. The whack. <laughs> yeah. And then just typical Aunt May, like, oh, the stress of beating cops. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I guess she needed a Snickers or something. Goodness gracious! <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna go talk to this guy. It's like, you know, you're gonna get all angry like that. I could see if, if the officer wouldn't let you in because you had to go to the bathroom or something. Then you get all angry. But <laughs> she was looking for a fight, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, this officer needs some help. I'm about to give him some help. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> was that everybody's silly spotty? Yeah, that's gonna be mine too. Yeah. Okay. Gonna... I'll mention the alternate one. I mean, it was funny that Spider-Man finally had enough of Jonah being a hater yeah. <laughs> and spun him around in a chair. I thought that was funny. Like, didn't hurt him. You know, didn't freaking, you know, put him through a wall or anything. Just freaking spun him around. <laughs> Which is kind of cool because you see the power that Spider-Man actually has when he can just make Jonah spin around that fast in a chair. And then later on, you see him really make the cop go flying. Oh, yeah. that, that raw power that Spider-Man actually wow. has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he freaking sent that cop flying. And it, and I do love him. Like, that kid's got to have superpowers to knock me. Like, <laughs> like, nope, adrenaline. Okay, yep. <laughs> that makes enough sense for someone to think that. Uh, he's seeing his, his aunt in danger and all that. So, yeah, this stuff. The only uh, other one I want to have is I like Aunt May's PSA. Don't forget your rubbers. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be some rain. Just hey, Jane always takes that advice too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't, Mary Jane. No, you don't. <laughs> well, not yeah. <laughs> Just let it whistle on me. <laughs> oh, well, with that, let's go ahead and get to our ratings for this issue. Just a reminder, if Jason's listening, this is a one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. Or one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. I think I got a feeling of way this is going to go, but let's find out. We'll start with Delvin. It is always nice when you are waiting on something and you get it and it's great. And Mm -hmm. this was great. This was freaking great. Lynn Wayne deserves a ton of credit. Ross Andrew and the team deserve a ton of credit because I can only hope that the rest of the story is going to be like a masterpiece like this book was. I loved it. It was absolutely a five. Do you think that it's the buildup Lynn was doing in all those other issues? All those little one-pagers in that? Oh, sure. It all came together. Not only the Green Goblin storyline, but the uh, May storyline, the Peter um, Failing is Great storyline that they mentioned, the Mary Jane story. What's still going on, though? You know, I kind of found that interesting, too. He's like, I'm not going to graduate. I got to, you know, I'm afraid to tell Mary Jane and all. So there's a little, little more interesting going on there. Oh, yeah. He is kept, and, and that's what a good writer does. You have your threads and you just keep weaving them out 
until you're ready, you know, to finally just sew it into the tapestry. You know, my fingers are crossed. I hope that he delivers. I mean, because if he delivers the rest of it, like this story was on freaking fire. So I just hope he keeps it going because this was a great, great issue. Jared? Well, sir, you've covered it. It's a five. During the talk about dangling threads. The only one that springs to mind that we haven't locked down yet is that guy that bought Aunt May's old house. Yeah. I wonder what's going on there. So that one's still dangling. But man, yeah, it's a five. Good stuff. Pat? Well, I got to agree with you guys, too. It is definitely a five for me. I loved it, man. This really tickled my tummy feathers. This is Spider-Man 101, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's been a while since we had one of these. I don't know if I've ever rated a book five yet for Spidey. If I did, I don't remember. I can't remember either. I, I haven't been keeping track. Fours, but I mean, I, it makes me very, very proud and happy to see Spider-Man shining like this book did. This is why Spider-Man is the awesome character he is now because of books like this. Mm-hmm. Man, freaking fantastic. What do you think Jason would give it? I think Lisa four, four or five. Yeah, at least the four, because I think that Jason, I think he's been enjoying the storyline so far. And I think he was right. He's waiting on Green Goblin, too. But we got to ask him uh, next episode. Well, with that, that's going to bring this part of the episode to a close. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at Longbox Crusade or make a comment on the Facebook or Twitter or Instagram page. We will be right back. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle of Backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters, and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spaway, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history and determines whether they are hot or not. Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature recommendation. I have been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their backroll year one work, Brian Q. Miller on his backroll run, Dwayne Swarzynski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the backroll spoiled the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Batgirl to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Babs lovers. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to our second featured comic for this episode, which is sometimes determined by our Crusaders Club members. Club members sometimes get to vote on this segment. You notice I've been saying sometimes this time Pat only had two comics in his collection for this month and year cover date. Right, Pat? That's right. I'm sorry, folks. So we didn't have anything to vote on. And I don't think we'll be voting perhaps next episode. Correct, Pat? That is correct as well. So then we'll be back after the next one with the voting. Correct? Correct. So make sure Ah. you get your vote in. And how would you do that, Jared? 
You know, if you wanted to get that vote in, all you had to do is be a Crusaders Club member, which means going to Patreon.com, looking up Longbox Crusade, and getting in for as little as $1 a month. Your vote can count. You can help determine the outcome of this show and perhaps some other shows. I might be cooking something up. Oh, I like that. Mm, They might get a little more influence on some certain action films. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm, Some sort of a face-off? No. But... Yes, perhaps. So anyway, yes, normally you get to vote on the second feature, but we didn't have a vote this episode because Pat only has the two comics, and it'll be that way for the next episode as well. But trust me, we'll be back on the voting. Again, that'll be at patreon.com forward slash crusade. So join the Crusaders Club, get your vote in. Back to you, Pat. All right. Well, thank you for that introduction, Jared. Now, let's get to the second featured issue for this episode, and that is All-Star Comics number 70. Woo. Woo. So new. we have this one here. We've I never think. done one. Have we even done a DC comic? We have. We have. And we did in Pat's poll list. We did do. Pat's poll list. Pat's poll list. Which one? Pull oh, it one. was an all-star, wasn't it? It was. Yes. It was number 69. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, baby. <laughs> Thank, <you Mary> <laughs> Thank you, Mary Jane. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we did. It was a short right. coverage. But, but now we never, get to actually. Yeah. Never done one in a segment. We've never done one in a segment, though. Not Correct. Oh, so this is going to be a fun one. Long box history. Yes. We're breaking history after 32 episodes. Mm-mm. So, again, credits come from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Got a publisher of DC. Got a cover date of January slash February 1978. On sale date was October 18th, 1977. Now, this was a bi-monthly comic at the time. Got a cover price of 35 cents. Editor is Joe Orlando. Writer, Paul Levitz. Penciler, Joe Staten. Inker, Bob Layton. Letterer is Ben Oda. And colors is Jerry Sherpy. Sherpy? Sherpy? Serpe? Serpentor? Serpentor? Serpentor. That's what it is. Serpentor. This was reprinted in Justice Society Volume 2 trade paperback. Otherwise, you can find it in the Showcase Presents All-Star Comics trade paperback. But if you are a DC Universe app member, you can also read along with us there as well, too. Yeah, this issue was in there. Yeah, it's very cool. So let's go ahead and get a quick cover description from Jared. All right. It's important to note that the penciler on this cover was actually Al Milgram did the cover for this. Oh. Anchor was Jack Abel. Different from your interior art team. And the full title is All-Star Comics Presents the Legendary Justice Society of America. The All-Star Comics banner portion is blue letters on an orange banner. And the Justice Society of America stands in big block red letters with yellow highlights. As was the custom for All-Star Comics in this era, a sort of roll call stripe runs down the left side of the cover. This one is orange and it contains the floating heads of... And I'm interested in the sound effects you would assign to each one. So we will start with Delvin, then go Pat, Delvin, Pat. Oh boy. Here we go. What's your sound effect for Dr. Fate, Delvin? (laughs) Pat, you got Alan Scott, Green Lantern. That is the worst Green Lantern sound effect I've ever heard. Delvin, Jake Eric Flash. Whoosh, whoosh. Nice. Pat, Star Spangled Kid. Hamilton versus Burr. Perfect. <laughs> Delvin, Wildcat. Woo. And Pat, Entris. Wham, bam. <laughs> You should have, I hooked up with Nightwing once. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> it's, 
You know, it's okay to think that when you look at the Huntress. I don't know. Anyways, that got weird. The main action shows Wildcat and the Star Spangled Kid chained up as a member of Strike Force takes aim at them with his gun. The dastardly villain states, you have interfered with the Strike Force, now prepare to be executed. But all is not lost because the Huntress is swooping in to save the day. As she says, not if the Huntress can help it, and believe me, I can. Delvin, what noise does a swooping Huntress make? Whoosh. Nice. There we have it. I'm on the hunt down after you. <laughs> I smell like a sound. The muscle I found. And I'm hungry like a wolf. <laughs> That's my new Hunter style effect. Okay. Hunters is akin to Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Wherever she goes, she that's her music, her background music when she walks in. I'm on the hunt down after you. So before she busts in the window, she's like, hang on, hang on. Let me get my MP3 play. Mm-hmm. Okay, here I go. Where's that music coming from? Oh, that's just Huntress. Just Huntress. You can hear it coming a mile away. <laughs> Well, let's do some cover quick thoughts, shall we? Yes, let's go ahead and do that. Pat, what are your quick thoughts on this cover? I'm hijacking the second yeah. half of this episode. I love it. I love it. I really like this cover. There's some action going on. You have the hunters coming down. I love the roll call. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool when you see the heads and, you know, they're smiling for their you know, high school picture. You're getting a yearbook <laughs> and you get to know the names. And that's what I really liked because you get to see their names and the, what their face head looks like. So you can go, oh, well, these guys are in it. And I, I didn't know who that was. So interesting. Yeah. Very good cover. Love the colors on it. Delvin? You know, I think it's okay. I don't hate it or anything. I mean, there's some cool elements. I particularly do like the Star Spangled Kids costume. That's a really neat costume. And I've always liked Wildcat. So there's some good elements. Strike Force, <laughs> generic name. They're just yeah. generic to me. But the three heroes on the cover are cool with uh, Huntress and Wildcat and uh, Star Spangled. Who's the guy in the next to Star Spangled guy? Wildcat. 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 Never losing. I think it's Wild Boys. Oh, oh, sorry. I was I on the Duran Duran thing. I see what you're doing, Duran Duran thing. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Jared, what do you think, man? Oh, my goodness. I like this cover a lot, too. It's very indicative of the era. It's got a lot of motion yeah. going on. You guys have mentioned all the good stuff. The only thing I'll add is I like the cape work on Huntress. Very Batman-y. I like how she's able to swing in and still look sexy. Look at her showing off them thighs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's making it look good man she's got a duran duran music playing and she is swinging and making it look good it's just a fun very 70s cover so i did enjoy it definitely let's go ahead and get a quick cover ratings reminder from jared okay on this one it's a one through five five means you loved it hey now you're a rock star four means you really liked it got your game on three you liked it you just go play two you didn't like it it did not get the show on and one you hated it you did not get paid so let's find out one through five what do you think pat i am going to give this one a three i liked it the one with the three all right delvin i'm also gonna give it a three i liked it it was just fine jared i liked it a little more than you guys i'm giving this one a four i thought it was a lot of fun it's very 70s but then again mm-hmm. i've read a lot of all-star comics so i think it has a little bit more of a place in my heart i don't know are you guys big all-star fans delvin no pat <laughs> I'm just learning it right now, so, you know. Okay, so you just don't have a big history with it. No, no. That would probably explain my four. There's probably a bit of a little bias in there for my four. Yeah, yeah I can't say I've read a lot of the JSA. Well, you mentioned that in your earlier recap that it is reprinted in Showcase Presents All-Star mm-hmm. Comics, and I had that. I read the whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoyed it. So that's where my love from it comes. I only read it about well, six, eight months ago, but I really liked it. Very cool. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to get to these, so. Definitely looking forward to them. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to a synopsis. 
It was provided to us by Jason. He actually came to help us out a little bit, but it's going to be read by Delvin. Absolutely. Let's do it. this book is A Parting of the Ways. After their latest adventure, the JSA parts ways to get back to their lives in some much-needed R&R. The Star Spangled Kid and Wildcat decide to down some brews and throw some jabs at the local dive bar when the dastardly knaves, known as Strike Force, rob a bank downtown. Using their advanced weaponry, the thieves make short work of the police and seem on the verge of victory until Wildcat and Star Spangled Kid arrive on the scene. In spite of their awesome powers and fighting skills, the heroic duo are eventually overcome by the sheer numbers of the Strike Force. Strike Force sounds boring. I'm going to try and jazz up that name. Okay. Yeah, I might get mm-hmm. bored. Okay. All right. In a brief interlude during the action, Dr. Fate returns home to his lighthouse to find his wife, Enza, in near hysterics. Normally, Fate's magic allows her to come and go as she pleases, but this time she's been trapped inside his citadel for weeks. Or still, an ominous form has appeared in the heart of Fate's sanctum. Cutting back to our main story, the Strike Force deposit Wildcat and Star Spangled Kid to their lair in an abandoned baseball stadium. The duo are lamenting the ignominy of their capture while a strange character wearing a familiar cape and cowl appears on the scene. She announces herself as the Huntress. Hopefully you see my air quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and claims she's followed our heroes and is there to help. It turns out that they're going to need all the help they can get because the Strike Force returns with murder on their minds and evil in their hearts. That's almost like a Snoop Dogg lyric. Got murder on my mind. I got murder on my mind. (laughs) Will our hero survive? Who is the Huntress? What villainy threatens fate? Did it seem to anyone other than me that the JSA has pretty lax security procedures and is somewhat irresponsible? Find out this and more next issue. Ignominy? (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Thank you, Delvin, for reading Jason's synopsis. This is what Delvin reads Professor Jason. (laughs) Ignominy. Woo! Isn't that like what they make grits out of? That's hominy. That's oh, hominy. hominy. Like what you sing in a an all together and like wacky. Harmony. Harmony. Uh, isn't that a dating site? It's E Harmony. E Harmony. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not that <laughs> like, I would like the song by Two Live Crew. <laughs> it's me so far. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a> <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing jokes for myself. I'm <sighs> Oh, well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some bric-a-brac for this issue. Let's find out if it's a first read or a reread. Delvin? First, Pat. It's a first for me as well. Jared? For the first time ever, boys, I'm the boat anchor. Told you I read the trade. Uh, Fulfilling it for Jason, ruining the second. It's a reread. 
Mm, sounds like there's some thunderstorms coming in, boys. Uh, God, you know, I, I just want and to the thunder rolls right in the face, Jim. Uh, had a rainbow going. You know what? Yeah. Me and Pat have a rainbow. You, you yeah, go off you. to uh, Rainbow Island. Reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, no, uh, Jared, Jared, look at all. me. Jared, look yeah. at me. Don't look at me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's come undone. <laughs> Another Duran Duran reference for you. Who do you need? Who do you love? And it's come undone. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to some high lows and what does for this issue. We're going to start with Jared. I am going to start off with a high for kind of like Lynn Wing does in Spider-Man, kind of gives you the one-page tantalizer. I'm very mm-hmm. tantalized by what's going on with Dr. Fate's tower. I want to know more. She's been trapped in there for weeks. Where she been pooping? What does it smell like in there? Also, who is this <laughs> mysterious creature that showed up? I want to know more. I'm tantalized. That's my high. Delvin. I'll go with a what, though, because I don't know where to put this. There's a different feel in a DC comic and a Marvel comic. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a word for it. I'm usually good with words and stuff. Sort of like that last sentence. Ignominy. Ignominy. Espedito. I don't know. There was something just different about this book. It just read slower to me. I wasn't digging it. I don't know. Maybe it was just because of the super mega historic high that I had from Spider-Man. I had that Spidey high going, you know, mm-hmm. just twitching a little bit like, it's awesome. It's great. Then you have to read something else that wasn't as good. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Well, Delvin, I'm going to jump in here. Okay. As a guy who recently read that trade, I've read pretty much this whole Levitt's run, and it is a lot. I will say it was an acquired taste. You know me and team books. You know how I feel about team books. They're harder to sell for me. And at first it did feel like work. And I really didn't feel like I was getting a misstride and starting to enjoy it until maybe about six issues in. So I think that's a legit feeling you have. Okay. This book felt a lot like a Seinfeld episode. Seinfeld jokingly would say, you know, that it's a show about nothing. In this comic book kind of just seemed about nothing. The team split up and you had a skeleton crew that got their butts whipped by a bunch of rube people with a generic name. What was that name? Strike Force. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all I got. Pat, what do you got? You know, I can see where you're feeling that way a little bit. It is a little bit different. And I can see Jared's point of view as well, too. It's a team book. I mean, the only other team that we're used to is the X-Men team. So getting into this one, you know, it starts off with they're coming from, you know, something happened in the last few issues. Something big happened. Everybody that got together is now leaving. So you see a lot of people come and then they leave right away. And I think what's kind of jarring as well, it's Earth 2. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, well, who's that? And why does Hawkman got this weird cover on his face? And who is the Star Spangled Kid? And Bruce Wayne is the commissioner of police and got the yeah. city. And- yeah. You know, what's kind of going on here? This, this is not my DCU, but I'm trying to understand the whole, all the, the multiple Earths at one time. I, I get, I, and Jared knows this because when Jared and I were stationed together in San Antonio is when DC made the decision to open back up the multiverse. Mm, okay. I was 
it called Final Crisis or whatever? I don't know. Infinite Crisis? Infinite Crisis, something crisis. Every time you even see the word crisis with DC, you should just go, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Because... Ugh. I remember like they made the decision when the original crisis came out in the early 80s. The whole idea was to get away from all of these Earth 2s and Earth 1000. And, and as soon as I saw Earth 2, I'm like, oh, don't space <laughs> out. Don't space out on this book. <laughs> Read it. Give it a chance. And sure as shooting, I did. I spaced the heck out on this book to where I had to reread it and was like, I don't remember this. And I know I read it. And it wasn't like a week ago. It was like yesterday. <laughs> That's not a good sign. No, it's not a great sign. It's not a great sign. I do like, like as Jared said, too, that you have some different other things going on. You know, what's going on with Dr. Fate? Yeah. What's going on with Power Girl? And then oh, they gosh. kind of say, go ahead and read this part or, or go, you know, find out more. You know, what's going on with Alan Scott, Green Lantern? Mm-hmm. I am kind of interested in those stories as well, just because I want to discover DC a little bit more as I'm trying to figure this stuff out. So this is all kind of interesting to me. So I wasn't like you, Delvin, where it was like, eh, you know, I was trying to read this to kind of get a little more background. I'm, I'm not going to deep six the whole run sure. off of one issue. That's dumb. And I'm looking forward to reading new stuff, too. I've just never been able to get into the alternate universe thing. You do it for like a story or an arc or two, but like... Ugh, multiverse. Just, ugh, just not my bag, baby, you know? Oh, I totally understand. Jarrett, you got another high or low or what the? I do. I'll do a quick comment, though, about what Delvin said about how Marvel Comics and DC Comics, especially of this era, have a different vibe. And I think I've put my finger on it. I think the word I would use is accessibility. Marvel Comics seem more accessible to pick up and read. DC mm. Comics feels like you're in like history 401 and you never went to 101, 201, or 301. I think that might have something to do with it. Okay. Just my personal feeling. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Cool. But to get to my low... Pat, I think you mentioned Power Girl. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Here's the thing. And this is going to sound like a joke and kind of funny, and and maybe it is, but like Paul Levitz writes Power Girl throughout this whole run as this very, it's like the women's lib movement. And she takes offense at everything. And she's constantly beating the drum for her cause. So much so that I can't tell after reading that entire trade paperback whether Paul Levitz is pro or anti-women's lib. (laughs) Because he puts it in there so much. You're just like, shut up, Power Girl. We get it. You know, like, I don't, I honestly don't know if he was like, I'm going to use my comic to kind of send a social message or if he was making fun of it. I can't tell because she's so annoying with it. I'm telling you, you won't get through one single issue without her being like, you know, if somebody will just be like, you know, hey, I'll take monitor duty. Oh, you don't think I can do monitor duty because I'm a woman? <laughs> She's like, oh, jeez, good Lord. <laughs> I think she even did some spouting off a little bit in this issue. You're yeah, she storms off. Yeah, she's yeah. being mad for some yeah. reason. I'm like, why are you mad? Yeah, she's always mad. That's a great way to put it. She's like, always mad. And again, I can't tell if Paul Levitz was pro or anti-women's lib because just all the time. And, and it the just other- makes her annoying and not fun. And that's kind of a bummer because Power Girl can be a very cool and fun character. I've seen it happen. There's an editor's note that says, if you're interested in Power Girl's destination, we suggest you check out showcase number 97. On sale in a few short weeks. Probably not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I mean, DC had been around for a while in the 70s, but it shouldn't feel so, I don't know, old. 
You know, you shouldn't feel like you're missing out on like you had to have every issue of the 40 or so years that they've been around just to understand Action Comics 70. But you're right. I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Jared, about that accessibility. I mean, of course, I know that we all rated the Spidey at five, but one of Spidey's everlasting traits to Stanley and Ditko's eternal credit is that you can pick up any Spider-Man comic book and you're going to at least be able to relate to Spider-Man. Yep. There are some pretty good storylines and we'll, and I know we're going to get into them and I'm actually looking forward to it. But was there anybody that I can say that I was like, man, I like this character. I, I can't really say that. I like Star Spangled Kid's costume, but it was weird because it was like, OK, I have these kind of cool powers, but I don't want to get in a bar fight because I can't fight. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Wildcat, who was, you know, I thought Wildcat was cool. Also, okay, yeah, okay. I'll say Wildcat. I did I did like him. Every time I read Wildcat, he's always that gruff, slightly over the hill dude who may have lost a step or two, but he's forgotten more than you'll ever know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's always been that character. And I like that character. I don't know. Maybe I like dudes and, and girls like that, you know, because they can teach me a thing or two. So, mm-hmm. yeah. by the way, I have no idea what that was, a high-low what the <laughs> we'll go with the what the we'll go there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You did it with great ignominy. Ignominy. The only other thing I want to talk about is Huntress. She's kind of interesting character. I've always been a fan. Whether this version or the Earth One version that we're more familiar with, I've always thought she was an interesting character. So I'm more familiar with the Earth One post-crisis Huntress. I'm I'm really interested, and I was glad to get to this one, just to, again, start to understand who these other JSA members are. You know, I've heard of them. I've read a few here and there. But I really want to, now that I'm older, I want to get a little more backstory into them. I want to, you know, dig into these people and find out what the love is for these people. You know, when I listen to other podcasts, how much love they have for these characters. And there has to be a reason for it and not just. Let me ask you, has any of you guys read the JSA run that Jeff Johns did? I have not. Because I heard that was spectacular. That doesn't surprise me. Jeff Johns knows how to breathe life into characters. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he does it. He has done it with Flash. He did it with Avengers. Flash was really fun to read in the 90s. I think he took over for Mark Wade, right? That sounds right. He revitalized the Rogues mm-hmm. Gallery. Oh, yeah. And brought new Rogues in that are still around today, like Trickster, for instance. So I, it doesn't surprise me that Jeff Johns' JSA was fantastic. I have no doubt that I would enjoy it. If I were just in the comic book shop looking for something new and they're like, hey, there's this new Jeff Johns book. Want to try it? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It'll be good. If it's not, it's going to be good in about four or five or six issues when he builds up his characters how he wants them. Mm-hmm. True enough. All right. Well, with that, if nobody has anything else, we will get into find out who was the all-star for this issue. I'm going to start with Jared. Who's your all-star? Whew, my all-star for this issue is RBD, random black dude at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Who misunderstood what Ted Grant was saying and straight up started that bar fight at the blink of an eye. Because Ted Grant was talking about himself in like third person saying, Ted Grant is just an old washed up windbag with nothing left to fill it up or something like that. And RBD was like, you take that back. Wow. (laughs) And then Ted Grant, he's got to be the co-winner of this award because he just starts giving it right back to the guy. Not like, hang on a second, let me... 
going, just like, let's do this. Yeah, I think there's a misunderstanding. Nope. <laughs> you threw hands. Let's do this. And it kind of makes sense, though, on a storytelling level, because like they said, it's kind of a dive bar full of ex-fighters and guys who just live to fight. So it makes sense on a storytelling level, but still cracked me up. But what do you think, Pat? I'm going to go with the Star Spangle Kid. I think he kind of does what he needs to do when he has to do it. Somewhat of the, I don't want to say the leader, but uh, for, at least for the group of that was together, he seemed to be kind of running the show a little bit. Having read some of this more, he's kind of like their more positive guy. Yeah. Sort of always looking on the bright side, trying to keep things running kind of guy. So yeah, you're not wrong there. That's yeah. Delvin. So before I go on to mine, uh, Jared, you don't think that Power Girl deserved All-Star? I mean, you don't think that? <laughs> <laughs> I see what's happening right now. <laughs> You're, I guess because I'm a sexist pig. I hate women. Should because I'm landing on pretty thick. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Let's give it to the strike force because apparently ordinary nondescript dudes <laughs> with guns can whip up on the Justice Society. So hats off to the villains for this one for me. <laughs> Way to go, Strike Force. <laughs> strike Force. Strike Force. And they had numbers. Yes, I noticed that. Numbered villains, and they wore it proudly. Tracksuits. <laughs> they had their outfits put together. They definitely put a plan together that solely relied on the fact that no one was paying attention on monitor duty. Mm-hmm. And it worked. The nice bit that they had in there for Strike Force was oh, well. Let me show you. You think we're underrated. Let me show you <laughs> how good we are. Break some strike force off in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do want to give an honorable mention to Wildcat for being the pettiest loser at checkers of all time. He <laughs> <laughs> flipped the board across the room. <laughs> he lost six games. <laughs> That's a perfectly reasonable reaction. This <laughs> game. <laughs> Yeah, he's what you might call a hothead. What I like is that they're actually sitting in their costumes playing checkers. <laughs> you can take your mask masks on. It's you like, can come take on, your guys. mask off, dude. You Relax. know who each other is. Breathe you, a little. You're going to the bar later on. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into our ratings for this issue. Jared, you want to run us down on the reminder of the rating system again? Sure thing, Pat. All right, it's a one through five scale. If you give it a five, you loved it. You're a rock star. Give it a four, you really liked it. Got your game on. If you give it a three, you liked it. You go, you play. Two, you didn't like it. The show did not go on. And one, you hated it. You did not get paid. What do you think, Pat? I'm going to stay middle of the road. I liked it. Like Delvin said, there was a lot going on. So this being kind of my first jump into it, it's kind of, uh, you know, still trying to find my footing with this one. Mm-hmm. I understand. Delvin? I'll give it a three as well. After reading it, you know, I didn't feel like I was looking kind of dumb with my finger and my thumb. <laughs> In the shape of an L on my forehead. <laughs> uh, the hits start coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> it's very easy to get sucked in, isn't it? Yeah, I give it a three. It's fine. I will not tank it and or start it with a one or two on this because it wasn't bad. I just didn't think it was great. Jared. Well, when I read it, I thought, yep, what a concept. It's <laughs> really useful <laughs> myself. And we get all <laughs> Again, I think you guys' instincts are spot on. I'm giving it a three as well. And just personally, like I said, I think it takes about six issues to really absorb yourself into the world of these heroes. So I think you guys' instincts are right uh, in line with what I experienced. So yeah, it's a three. All right. Very good. I think with that, that's going to bring this part to an end. You got a comment or a question? 
Send us an email at contact at logboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played costumes on welcome back from the break now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments emails questions likes and shares in a segment called crusader comments we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our crusaders club members These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, best Spider-Man story ever. Theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to determine show content, which we discussed earlier, a quarterly newsletter that Pat loves writing, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Collins, Blasted or Stashed, Gene Hendricks, Ivan the Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas, John and Maggie from Married with Commons, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W., Mr. Lobotomy, Ross Michaud, Ronald Wint, Tim I, Bob Buster, Steve Cronin, Samantha Maney, and Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade for as little as $1 a month. You will get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? You can't. We don't think you're good enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. We're kidding. We're kidding. Please take a moment to write us a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. We have some iTunes reviews this time, and we have three of them, and that fits because it is three of us. So, Pat, why don't you start us off and give us a iTunes review? Our first one comes from Sean Ross. Thank you, Sean. And he gives a five star. He says, I cannot express how much I love this network of shows. Pat, Delvin, Jason, and Jarrett are freaking hilarious and bring hours of joy to your ear holes each week. Listening to them talk about topics ranging from Spider-Man to Flash Gordon. Put on some pants, man. We will bite you now. Is like sitting around with your old drinking buddies. So pass the pipe and join the guys as they read them all. Thanks, Sean. Very cool. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, much appreciated. Jared? I've got one here from Crusaders Club member Ivor Evans, and it's a five-star titled Nobody Does It Better. And Ivor writes, absolutely brilliant. From the Longbox Crusade to Saturday Matinee Theater and MI6 Rookie Agents on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, these guys check all the boxes for your pop culture geekdom. 
The production is top-notch, as is the content. But the best thing of all is four friends sitting around talking and having a laugh about stuff they love. It's the kind of friendships we all wish we had. Highly recommended. And man, that one tickled my tummy feathers because we are all very close friends. And I look forward to these recording sessions each and every week. They're the highlights of my week. I get to spend with my friends, my brother. It's awesome, man. So I'm glad you're picking up that vibe. This is my last show. I hate you all. Well, there I go. Disregard. Disregard. Damn it. (laughs) Guys, I can't leave. You still got to make those payments. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of that, Delvin, why don't you bring it home and read that last one? Yes, sir. Perfect show for the comic nerd. It was given five stars, and this is from Mordecai22. He says, I love it. These guys know their stuff and are enthusiastic about this art form. Makes me feel like a kid again. Well, I mean, that's a good thing because our maturity level is about fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) On a good day. (laughs) (laughs) On a good day. (laughs) Okay, we're going to move it right along to social media like shit. Oh, that looks kind of empty. Oh, 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 there's a good reason for that. We are recording this in advance because we are on top of our podcasting game right now. So we don't have any comments for last episode, but we will get to it. Trust us. Trust us. We want to say thank you as much as you want to like, share, and retweet us. So once we get these like, shares, and retweets, we will be more than happy to read them out to you with all of our songs and all of our musical dropping. <laughs> Like normal. Let it roll! (laughs) Just remember, everything we do, we do it for you. We do. Everything we do. There's no love like your love. Oh, boy. And no other can't give you more love. Okay, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. There's no way unless you're Listen to your heart. Gentlemen, gentlemen. You know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Do it for. Oh, man. Friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's going to be the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where the post will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Let's start with Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Let's pass it back to Pat. Thanks. You can find me on the Twitter at ChrisTatos01. Jared? You can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all Yard Sale Artists. Or if you want to know more about someone who has similar DNA, check out Weasel Skull on Twitter. Oh, yes, that's right. Weasel. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some fun, free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing a Livestream over on the YouTube. 
We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read them, read them all. all. Ignominy. Find. There's nothing there to hide. Search your heart, search your soul. <laughs> and when you find me there, you'll search no more. Don't, Don't tell, tell me it's not worth it's fighting for. Everything I do, I do it for you. Look into your The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. You big dummy. Someone sexting you? Is that? I wanna sext you up all night. We can do it till my date is up. <laughs> Making love until you hit pound. My biggest fan, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than a man that anyone else will ever be. Ever be. <laughs> <laughs> Before you do that, can can we start a podcast, man? Yeah. That's why I'm pulling up the comic. Fine. You didn't read the I comic? Can, I can do this. I did to reference. All right. I'm muting. You start a show. All right. Guess we're going to start this. <laughs> <You> sounds sad. <laughs>
Okay. All right, but we're having fun talking. All right, let's do this. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> Gotta get to work sometime. You know, yeah. am I the only one around here that, you know, wants to work, wants to podcast? Am I the only one? Yeah. Probably. I do. I do. I mean, do you? Do you? Well, I mean, you don't sound like you want to. I want to talk with my friends. <laughs> don't sound like you want to. But you don't sound like you want to. Ah, damn it. I see that one coming back and get me. <laughs> All right, you ready? <clears throat> All right, Mutant. We can do this. You're listening to Crusader. I got the comment to come up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for real, I'm mutant. I always feel like... That's just Delvin's job, damn it. Oh, man. I got it. I finally got it. I'm glad he got it, because I didn't. So, Pat, take it away. Go ahead, Pat. Take it. Give it from the top. Go ahead. Man, Gary that's Serpent. what happens. My pants tore. <laughs> When I get a rip, my pants torn. I'm going to have to edit all that. Oh, that's a bad one. Anyway. Bad one, bad, bad one. <laughs> all right. Five is you loved it. You're a rock star. Four is you really liked it. You got your show on. Is that, am I right? Now I'm messed up. Sorry. <laughs> Jared can say it. This is why Pat needs a, a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's cooler than being cold? Ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. From the long box crew, what's the name of our show again? Long box <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> I wrote down some notes of things I want to do. You know me. There's one Let's of see. them, uh, uh, boom, 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 and a zoom, zoom. I want to boom, 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 and a zoom, zoom. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. So we can make me feel right. Whoa. 